Hey, this is Jilly Woodhouse on the Osteo Business Podcast, talking all things osteo business. Here's Jilly Woodhouse, an author, speaker, award-winning business coach, and passionate advocate of osteopathy. Let's talk about the five common mistakes that clinics are making right now. So, um, I'm obviously working with hundreds of uh, practices all over the world and I see this very similar kinds of problems um, all the time and I was thinking earlier about what are the what are the main things that I see so um, here are five uh, common mistakes that I spot so the first one is not keeping in touch with patients this is a huge one um, really huge. Uh, So you've done all your marketing, you've worked really, really hard, you've got lots of new patients coming in and then when they leave you, there's just the sound of crickets. Nothing. So if you imagine a new patient coming in, Um, Perhaps they have two, three treatments, you sort them out, they're delighted, you're delighted, and off they go. But then they never ever hear from you again. How do you think that makes them feel? If they think back, you know, they, they enjoyed coming in, they had good rapport with you, you gave them a fantastic end result. You looked after them, you clearly cared about them and their story and their outcomes. And then it's like they don't exist. Do you think they might be feeling a bit ignored? Or uncared for? Not being checked in with ever? Now, you can't ring every patient um, all the time. Um, That's just not possible. But certainly keeping in touch with them uh, with a newsletter now and again, that sort of thing, is really important. So they know that you care. You don't have to be selling at them or doing anything icky like that. But you could be dropping them an email uh, collectively every now and again. doesn't have to be every month. It could be every few months. But having some sort of system in place where you do do that regularly um, and you keep in touch with them and you check in with them that way. So you're not, you know, you're not marketing madly at them or anything like that that you don't want to do. But you are taking care of them. You are keeping in touch and maintaining that rapport so that next time they need you, guess who's top of mind? If I don't end up sliding off somewhere else because they're not sure that you can help them because you've never kept in touch and continued to educate and inform them as you had been doing in your marketing beforehand, hopefully. So when was the last time you checked in with your patient database? Second mistake I see quite a lot Even in these times, even these days, this was an old problem. Certainly, I heard it a lot um, when I began uh, back in 2013. But it's still still uttered quite a lot. And that is, see how you go. Now, um, I had a friend who 
called me one day in uh, distress and she said, Jilly, Jilly, I've woken up this morning. I can barely move. I don't know what I've done. Um, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, do you think an osteopath can help me? So right away I said, yes, I do think they can help you. And I happen to know an excellent person just um, round the corner from you um, in the Midlands this was. So uh, I gave her the contact details and off she went. She rang me two days later and she said, don't you teach your clients customer service? And I said, whoa, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, what's happened? And she said, well, I went to this person that you recommended and I said, good. Did you get a good treatment? Yes, she said. And um, the osteopath was very nice indeed and very helpful and gave me some advice. And I said, good. Um, and she said, and at the end of that treatment, they said, see how you go. And she said, I went there fearful for my life, terrified that I was going to be in pain for the rest of my life. She was catastrophizing big time, let me tell you. Um, and she said, now I don't know what to do with that. She said, she's the expert, not me. What am I supposed to do with see how you go? Do I need to go to A&E? Do I need more appointments? Don't I need more appointments? What do I need? I have no idea. She said, I just feel like I've been left high and dry. And I know that sometimes there's an assumption that, oh, you know, you don't want to take money out of a patient's wallet or purse um, and make them have treatments they don't want and all the rest of it. But actually, it is much more important for your reputation that you ensure that every single patient gets the very best treatment that you can give them and that might be more than one and it probably should be more than one in my humble opinion I think um, even if it's something that you think you fixed in one I think it's I think it's good practice to get them back again and make sure they don't need a bit more treatment or or um, more reassurance or more help so um I encourage you to create a proper treatment plan for every single patient. Show them the path ahead and the journey to better health. Explain it to them. Um, you know, with each case, it's highly likely you've seen many similar cases before and you will know that this kind of knee problem takes you three or four treatments to get a result or two or three whatever it is in your experience share that with them that will give them reassurance that they can achieve their end goal whatever that might be and that you know how to get them there this is never about the money it's about the end result it's giving them a full answer to their problem as far as is possible in their case. So please don't utter those words, see how you go, but give them a proper treatment plan that, so that they know what's ahead and they've bought into it along with you. Um, it's agreed together um, and they know what's happening and then do book them in for those appointments. Let them have the times they prefer 
make it always about them. If they book in the times they prefer, for those extra appointments, you can always cancel the last one if they're done and dusted in the three treatments instead of the four. But get them booked in at times to suit them. Then they're happy. They know they're booked in. They feel reassured and they feel supported and they feel like they've been treated treated in a very professional manner. So um, I urge you to think about that if that is something that you hear coming out of your mouth now and again. <laughs> Do um, think about the, the end result for that uh, patient. So the third mistake I see is still no online booking. We're in the second century. We're in the second decade of the 21st century is what I'm trying to say um, and um, I am staggered that there are still clinics with no online booking or they might say to me oh yes we do have online booking and then it will transpire it's not actually open to the public <laughs> so everyone still has to ring up to get an appointment or fill in an online form from the website now let's put ourselves in the shoes of the patient again and think about how we might be making this easier for them because a lot of people will say to me, oh, but patients love to ring up and have a chat and book in. Really? Some might, but really, is that the case for most of them? Do they actually really wish they could just book in when they felt like it, when they needed an appointment? When they got to that point, that crunch point, when they thought, that's it, I've got to get some help for this because um, I can't go round and round this hamster wheel of pain anymore, getting no answers. Um, I need to find a solution to this. I always imagine Bob at 3am. Bless him, Bob. He has been kicking the cat, screaming at his wife, mean to the kids, can't sleep. He's in a lot of pain and this problem is not resolving. It's 3 a.m. He's on his phone. He's miserable. He, he's tired. He's fed up. And he's on Google. He's looking for an answer. He's looking for a solution. Who can help him with his pain? Well, if he lands on a website that's got no online booking, ob obvious online booking, um, a mobile phone number, there's no chance of Bob rigging that mobile phone number in the middle of the night because you might shout at him, <laughs> obviously, if it's still switched on. So he's not taking that risk, is he? And if there's some um, online form to fill in to inquire about getting an appointment, see how many hoops he's got to jump through to get booked in with you, then um, he's probably in too much agony and he's lying there next to his partner on his phone. He's not going to start typing, um, uh, please, may I have an appointment? You know, he's just not. Well, he's less likely or highly unlikely to be bothering with all of that. He is much more likely to zoom back to his 
um, Google results from the search that he made and try a different website. And if he spots there a nice bright button, top right of the website page, he is clicking that and he's booking himself in. He's taking a deep sigh of relief and he is delighted that he has booked himself in and that maybe even tomorrow he is going to get some help. So always imagine, Bob, and uh, clients of mine, actually, um, they put a post in the group just the other day saying, I thought about you, Jilly, because <laughs> I woke up and there was um, uh, an appointment that was made at, th- at 4 a.m. Um, so we know that Bob was busy booking in and, um, and two or three more um, added into that thread saying, yes, <laughs> I often get a middle of the night booking and I always think of Jilly. <laughs> Poor Bob. So um, there we are. Um, I I challenge the thought, if that's in your head, that patients love to ring up and have a chat and book in. Um, you may have one or two still like that, that enjoy doing that. But most of us are jolly busy. We haven't got time. We just want to click a button. So make sure we don't have to click too many buttons. We can find the button easily um, and that we have we can select what we want, treatment with who we want um, at a time to suit us as soon as possible. So there we go. Must have online booking. And um, if you are one of those who still don't have it and are, uh, you know, admitting to being a technophobe, most of you do. That's fine. Um, We are here to help you with that. We can either do that as a separate service and set you up Um, Or we can do that as part of our mastermind program and sort the entire clinic out, including that. So just so that you know, if that is a barrier to you getting online booking, we can sort it all out for you, train you and um, uh, let you um, serve your patients even better than you already do. So point number four, the fourth most common mistake I see is low pricing. And in some areas, I've even spotted a low pricing cartel. (laughs) Not that that is something that they're particularly aware of, but my goodness me, in some areas, there are exceedingly low prices, uh, fees for treatment. And I know from talking to people in these situations that it's often because Everybody is scared to raise their head above the parapet and put their prices up higher than somebody down the road who they perceive to be better than themselves. There's no evidence of that. Uh, We don't know. Um, So um, be careful with pricing. Um, Often how we price ourselves is very much linked with and mixed up with our own self-worth and that's worth reflecting on if you struggle with putting your fees up and there are also those that have sort of expectations that private health care should still be available to all as as is the nhs uh, in the uk um and a challenge that as well Um, You know, people say, yeah, but I want to be accessible to everyone. Well, you are also in business and I completely understand your thinking, but you are also in business. And there's many 
many clinics struggling like crazy because they are keeping their fees very, very low with the perhaps excuse that it they want to be able to be available and accessible to all, but perhaps there are um, self-worth issues behind all of that. It's quite an interesting one to explore. Um, so low pricing even if that's to the detriment of the principal and the business is um, a big concern because we can't we can't run a business if we're not making a decent profit if we're not making enough money to support our family and those we love so pricing correctly is very very important and let's not make assumptions about what people will prioritize in their lives. Some will prioritize buying beer or tobacco or sleeves of tattoos on their arms. <laughs> How much do they cost? And even designer handbags that are swinging off, off a wrist daintily that cost a fortune. Um, you know, people will will put those things above their own health and well-being sometimes. So um, your pricing has got nothing to do with what they will decide is important for them in most cases. So they will find the money or they will ask a family member to help them if they need desperately to come and see you. I'm not saying price yourself silly, by the way. I'm just saying that it must be correct pricing for your business so that you make enough money to support your family and maybe even employ local people to do cleaning or uh, virtual assistant stuff or personal assistant stuff, uh, bookkeeping and things. Um, if you're earning enough, you can get rid of those jobs because um, you're making enough money that you don't need to be up all night doing them. That's another topic altogether. But it's not a sin to create a thriving business that actually um, looks after you and your family properly. So be careful about why you're keeping your prices uh, at the level they're at. Just um, something to um, have a think about. And the fifth most common mistake I see are people relying on word of mouth. Um, I believe word of mouth, yes, is absolutely you know, highly important to every business on the planet. Um, indeed, it is the cherry on the icing on the cake of marketing. But it must be underpinned by robust marketing. Um, it's often marketing is the last thing that's thought about in a clinic like it is um, a nice to have rather than essential part of a practice. Even if you're busy, I think marketing is still a very important aspect of running your business, um, particularly uh, marketing on social media, where your patients are most definitely hanging out. It's vital. I, you know, I'm a big proponent of online marketing uh, because it works, because it's free, um, takes a little bit of effort and time but it brings great rewards. And it is vital that we are continuously educating and informing your community that osteopathy can help. 
talk to them about your success stories. Illustrate the sort of typical cases you see. Let them get into your clinic room through your words so that you can share with them what happens in there. Who do you help? How do you help? What outcomes do people get? Tell us stories. People love stories, don't they? You love stories. I love stories. So do tell them. Explain what happens, what you do, how you help. You know, if everybody did this, then everybody would know what osteopathy was. Just don't be afraid to showcase your work. You know, you're not boasting about yourself. You are talking about how excited you are for your patients. You've got them the result that they came in for. Or you've helped them back to as best a health as they can be in, given the problem they've got. Talk about types of issues you treat, types of people, common problems, misconceptions. So much to talk about. So much to talk about. And if you keep doing that and keep getting the word out, then uh, more people in the area will come to find out about you one way or another. They might find you on social media. They might find your website, which talks about these things. Um, they might still find you via word of mouth. But even so, um, I know that if someone recommends someone to me, I'll still go and look them up and suss them out and see whether I think um, I want to do business with them. And I'm sure you do too. So there's the five common mistakes that clinics are still making. Keeping in touch with prior patients, saying see how you go, not giving them a proper treatment plan, having no online booking open to the public, keeping pricing so low that their business is wobbling on the edge of disaster in some cases, and relying purely on word of mouth to keep their business up and keep, them, keep themselves busy. So there we go. I hope that's given you food for thought and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Osteo Business Podcast. Remember to like, follow and subscribe on all Jilly's channels, which can be found in the show notes. Jilly's back soon with more tips, ideas, and strategies to build your thriving practice.